2: Listeners and viewers A very good afternoon to you, our cherished viewers and listeners. We're excited to bring you yet another exciting edition of your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. Masterclass is also brought to us by First Code Management Services. They say industry, get it right. We're excited to be back here again on your radio to continue this exciting conversation of the after. My name, as always, is Yabanafo, Banafo, and I will be your host for this show. So in the last couple of weeks, we've been spending time discussing the Africa-free continental trade area. And the benefits that it's going to bring to Ghana as a country and you as an entrepreneur, you as an individual and your business in Ghana, we've had very exciting conversations around it. In fact, if you've been following business conversations across the various media channels, you'll find that in different fora and different discussions, this conversation of the after still continues to permeate and dominate all of the discussions regarding the business arena. Today, we'll continue with that conversation. Unfortunately, today, we will be rounding up on that conversation here. We hope that you'll be able to get some points and also be able to get yourself ready, if you like. In this conversation, we have shared thoughts on the general introduction of the after how many states are involved, how it affects you as an individual. We've talked about being investor-ready. We've talked about your export readiness. Today, we go into another conversation, and we're going to be looking... Last week, we spent time to talk about the Budget Edition again, of the after, where to look for opportunities, where to be able to avoid certain um, things that will affect your business adversely. Today we round up that conversation and we're looking at export strategy, export strategy. Back here in the studio with us, we have Richmond Kwame Frimpong, who's going to join us and help us bring this conversation to a close. Richmond, you're welcome back to the conversation. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Al.
2: So just before we go on, we're celebrating Ghana Month here at Multimedia. And when we say Ghana Month, we celebrate everything that makes us Ghanaian, everything that, you know, resonates with us as Ghanaian. So today when we get interactive, I'd like to hear... You know, one of the things that resonates with you, maybe we'll just do a little quiz if you have a bit of time, and I'll ask certain questions about our Ghanianness. And maybe if you get it right, we'll give you a gift here on the show, or we'll get you to appear here on the show if we get the go ahead. But otherwise, we want to be able to celebrate our Ghanianness as a country, as a people. Richie, what one thing resonates with you as a Ghanaian? Just one thing.
1: I think our food. Our okay, food, our food is amazing, and um, now we are before just before the pandemic, our food was finding its way on almost all the airlines on, mm. on flights. Mm. You could find wachi there, you could find um, fried plantain there, uh, among other things. So I think our right. food unique, interesting, tasty, and. Um, Great, great piece of our culture.
2: Indeed, indeed. I think that the the food bit resonates with a lot of people, but I'm sure that music and other things also resonates with, with a lot of other people. What resonates with you when we get interactive, when you give us a call? Tell us what resonates with you as a Ghanaian first, and then we go into the conversation. So, Richmond, seeing as we're rounding up our conversation today on the after. Where will people find information after this? Obviously, we'll have some information on our website. People can go back there, play back some of the earlier conversations we have had. But also, these slides will be available for us to continue. If you've just joined us, this is Masterclass. We'll also be streaming live on Facebook. So do join us and join us in that conversation so that we can all become good for it. The export strategy. Let's talk about the export strategy and let's sort of bring the entire conversation um, to, to a close, if you like. Talk to us, Richard.
1: Right. Good afternoon to our listeners and viewers on Facebook. So if you've been following Masterclass, you'll notice that we began a series on leveraging um, on the continental free trade area for business growth. And our concentration has been on the micro, small, medium enterprises. From the very day we began, we've built it in a number of phases where we talked about the free trade agreement itself, the construct of it, and what it means, the implications, the connections, um, and where Ghana sits in the middle of it all. Um, how individuals who he said, to were not making good business can just leverage on this trade agreement and make some inroads. And then we talked about what you must do, even before... Um, jigging yourself against the Af- continental free trade area itself. And we looked at some checklists that you have to look at and how you must prepare yourself and be ready. And then we looked at um, the budget of Ghana. Why? Because the economic policy of government has, is almost at the center of trade. And if you if you were with us last week, for example, we pointed everybody to specific areas in the budget or the economic policy statement that could draw your attention to what you have to do and how it is connected to after, and then we connected it same to the Opatampakas program which is more or less a medium-term development program of the government to boost up trade and to boost up our, our GDP. Today we are ending it. Now, one of the things we said is you must be export ready because the continental free trade area largely is about exports, Largely. Even if um, even if you are just looking at businesses and investments that will come into the country, there was a time you looked at investor readiness, how you can attract funding into your business. Even if you are looking at funding and working just in Ghana, there is a certain kind of... Um, intrusion or introduction of new demand, that may not be Ghanaian and you must prepare yourself to meet that demand also. There's a particular kind of customer who would now be looking on to tapping into whatever you are producing and would you be ready for that kind of customer? So we talked about all that. Now the export side was that you must also be export ready and one of the things we said is the export readiness checklist. And that was part A of the export readiness. Today, we are looking at you developing your own export strategy so that you can maximize the continental free trade area and its um, associated benefits. Now, if you are following us, that is part four of leveraging on the after for business growth. And thankfully, that ends it. And so please make sure you don't miss today follow me on the slide the first point is talking about export strategy analysis and design and i want to um throw that as a dashboard on ghana's export strategy so ghana through the the ghana export promotion authority has put together the national export development strategy it guides you the msme so i just do a peek into that and what ghana is thinking so that if you are developing your own export strategy, you know what to do, given the background of Ghana's um, export development strategy. Now, if you look at that strategy, this is just a snapshot if you are following on Facebook, you will see there is something called a priority product list. And so that is to say that the government is deliberate about export, particularly non-traditional export, and there are specific areas they are looking at or concentrating on. And so if you can take a keen look at it, and if you find your business, particularly in that list, then you are good to go. Now, there is category one and category two. Under category one, you see processed cocoa. You will see cashew. You will see horticultural products. You will see processed oil seeds, fish and fishery products. You will see apparel you see an apparel here the kente story i just heard on the joy business van it falls under this use and i had a gentleman saying that he was now going to look at how he could expand export, not just to Europe and maybe Asia, but even into intra-African trade. Mm -hmm. And if he's listening, this is what he should be looking at because the export strategy captures apparel Mm -hmm. and take falls in there. There is natural rubber sheets. There is aluminum products. There is articles of plastic and services. That is category one. Category two, you will see pharmaceuticals. You will see aluminum products again. You will see automobiles and vehicles. And so if Kantanka is listening to that is another doorway for him. Mm-hmm. You will see garments and textiles. You will see industrial salt, petrochemicals, machines and machine components. So there are also kind teams, those who can um, locally put things together that can solve machine and machine component problems. Industrial starch and then oil palm. Now, the the point about this list is that the export development strategy of the country sitting in the Obatampa CARES program is deliberately going to put together a support program that helps MSMEs who are into this. So we can build a certain leverage and competitive advantage that makes us, gives us some headway into exporting. I think last week also, Gepa took a trip to Rwanda. The GEPA boss and some team, and I think even Joy had some people following that team, Mm -hmm. and the Rwanda Development Board together with GEPA are having a conversation on how to even leverage on that kind of relationship to make some of these exports work. And so my point is that look at this strategy of government and situate your export strategy in same so that you don't struggle so much in, in, in designing your export strategy. Then there is the last list they call the integrated list of priority products. So here, it is a combination of both category one and category two. You can, if you're on Facebook, you can look at that list. And if you find yourself there, then you are good to go. The next thing you see is what we call the, the pillars and the expected outcomes. And this will be the last, probably, um, detail I'll be sharing on the export strategy. Now, when you look at it carefully, you'll see pillar one, you see pillar two, you see pillar three. Pillar one is simply talking about the deliberate export strategy of government aimed at expanding and diversifying the supply base for what? For what? For value added industrial export products. So, any product that has value addition gets support for export. Anything you are doing that is about value addition to a raw material, you have support in, at the center of government strategy. And so you can be guided, you can be supported to become um, competitively ahead of any other party outside of the country. Number two, you will see pillar two is about improving business regulatory environment for export. So if you fall in the category we shared in the earlier slide, we are saying that deliberately the export strategy of government is to help make it easier for you to go through all the regulatory things, checklists. And you can reference some of these things and prepare yourself. That is to say that the moment you fall into this category, you are not going to be hampered. You are not going to be stampeded in terms of regulatory approvals. That makes it easier. And so, for example, the Export Promotion Authority would hold your hand and ensure that all the T's that must be crossed and all the I's that must be dotted will be done. Then the last pillar is to build and expand the required human capital for industrial export development and marketing. So that is also another critical feature, that there will be specific support for talent, So you you want to export, you want to leverage on everything, but you don't have the capacity to even understand what you need to do, to even um, execute the export strategy. They are going to make sure that they build and help you in terms of your export development acumen and even how you market yourself out there. And so ultimately, this is the dashboard of government's export strategy. And it is based on this that you design your own export strategy. Now let's look at the next slide. We discussed this at the um, initial um, sessions on master class. We've done understanding the export rule, that is one. We've done the internal business review, that is two. We've done the market research and analysis, that is three. And then the export objectives we've done. Today we are looking at 5.5. Five. And on point 0.5 you see export strategy export strategy. Now, in designing your export strategy, your goal is to determine the approach you will have for the area of your business to become competitive and to sell out there. That is your goal. Number one, you have to determine specific things. And I'll go into that detail. You must have, your export strategy must address market entry problems. So, where are you taking the products? Where specifically? Is it a region? Is it West Africa? Is it Central Africa? Is it Eastern Africa? I'm talking about continental free trade the african continental free trade so it is nothing outside of the continent it is the continent intra african trade and so you have been operating maybe in west africa one country in west africa now where are you taking it have you identified a demand outside of that region into say maybe southern or central or eastern africa you must have that market entry and so when you appreciate the region where exactly you are taking it, then you can build a market entry into that specific space. That is what your export strategy should address. The next thing is about your service or your product. So you must be specific about the features, the price, the channels, and the marketing support. Because you are putting together an export, you are not just going to a place where there is no competitive edge. There may be people in that space already, particularly when it is not something that is just... um, you you are the only one doing, and so again your export strategy must look at your product in terms of the features and how it compares to similar products directly or indirectly, so that you are able to do well. Just an example. So let's say you fall into the category of um, maybe category one in the government export strategy, which is about processed cashew or let me even pick oil seeds, and you are doing this oil seeds maybe from share. You may be taking it to, say, a region like Southern Africa or Eastern Africa. They may probably not have shea butter, but they may have another product like maybe um, refined cocoa butter. It may not necessarily be a direct competing product, a shea, but as long as it solves the need of cosmetic products, then it is still going to give you a competitive edge because people will compare the price. They will use it on their body. They will apply it on their body. So, I mean, if I, if, I, if I want to buy share oil and I notice that the one from Ghana is expensive, but I can get maybe a Queen Elizabeth so-so-and-so <laughs> and it is serving the same purpose, yes. then if you don't become deliberate about the export strategy on price and the feature, then you are going to lose out still. So your export strategy, when you have considered market entry, one thing you have to look out for is, is there any product in the region I'm going that mimics what I'm selling? Is there any service in the region I'm going that mimics what I'm selling? If there is, what are the features? Can I bring a distinguishing feature in my product or service? What is the price like? Can I also bring a competitive pricing so that I can be on the, uh, ahead of that? And then you look at channel and then the marketing support. The next thing your strategy must address is the business processes. Again, you'll be dealing with frights. You'll be dealing with distributions. You'll be dealing with the terms of trade. And here the terms of trade is the Continental Free Trade Area Agreement. That is what is guiding everybody. We are not going to be limiting ourselves to the specific country um, um, terms of trade. Yes. Good. And so you must familiarize yourself with the terms of trade in the agreement yourself so that you know what is required of you before you even execute same. And that should feed into your export strategy. And so by the time your export strategy is done, it should have addressed every requirement in terms of the terms of trade. And then there's legal, and then there is um, HR as well. Then lastly, operations, which include production and even your staff. And then finally, I can say maybe your financial budget. If your strategy your export strategy is addressing this. Then you have to go through this channel. That takes, that takes me to the export process map. Pay attention to this because if you can get this, then you need very little of a service of a consultant who may, who may charge you a lot of money. So remember that you would have done items one to five and you are now on export strategy, and we've told you the things that you must address with your export document. Now that you have done that, you must make sure that your strategy is taking you through the export process map. And if you look at the first point of call, it is your decision to export. And the last point of call is after sales support. So from your decision to export... All the way down to after sales support, your export strategy document must master every loophole, every opening, every gap, and must address same, deliberately. Now, right after you decide to export, two critical things you must do that must come with your decision is a clear competitive advantage narration and your unique selling proposition. The day you say, I want to take advantage of this continental free trade, I want to export to any of these countries, you should, the same way you decide to export, you should be clear that, okay, this thing I'm selling, what makes it unique? What makes it competitive against any other seeming product or service that is mimicking mine? That should be so clear. If you can take that, then your decision to export is on the right path. The next important thing is to conduct your target market research. You cannot lift your export strategy for Ghana and slap it on even West Africa. It may not work. So just an example. Let's say you sell an insurance product in Ghana. And you are moving even into Nigeria to sell an insurance product. You'll be surprised that your tactic in delivering on maybe life insurance in Ghana will not be the same in Nigeria. And so the moment you identify your export decision, you must be deliberate about the market you are putting it into. And I'm saying that the market research for the target you are in now in Ghana can be very different and opposite even in the West African region. So if you are now going to do across the 54 countries in the um, AU, then you better have to be deliberate and take a critical decision about, okay, what is pertaining in this market? What is pertaining in that market? In terms of everything we have discussed, in terms of everything we have learned. So when you do your competitive advantage clarity and you do your market targeting research and you know these two things, your decision to export is ticked. After that is done, you deliberately choose the market and you don't need to start with Um, you don't need to start with multiple markets at a go. It's important to start with maybe one market at a time. So maybe um, I could say that let me start from West Africa particularly after I've identified the market that I noticed that there's a demand for my product or my service. Then you pick up feed, you pick up results, you pick up gaps, you try and fix them, you leverage on them, then you can now take another background data on another region, and then you pick a country in that region, you leverage, you dashboard, you check if it's okay, then you can expand into other countries in that region. Then you move until at least you have a coverage across almost all the regions. So you choose your markets one at a time so that you can correct all the things you need to correct that we have already identified. Then from there, you select your route to the market. And I've shared the extension the, in the route. It depends on what you are saying you want to export. Either is in category 1, 2, or 3, as I shared in the Ghana export strategy. But it will either be by mail order, by internet, or by fiscal presence. You will have to tell. Remember, you are be, you are being deliberate about your strategy. If you notice that um, you, your, your fiscal presence is going to affect your competitive pricing, then you probably don't do fiscal presence. You probably have to do internet. So you may be there, you may be out there delivering and doing everything, but fiscally you're not present. Example, I mean, I can count 101 examples. There are many companies that walk into Ghana, they never had a fiscal office. But they trade, they sell, they do everything very well, and they are even crowding out some of our industries perfectly well, until a time when they have established and they have beaten their cost items and they have even entrained their position in terms of competition, then you see maybe one small tiny office with some people. Even then, they, in quotes, micromanage that office from the very central point of production. And so you must decide on the kind of route you want to use. And I'm saying that every item in that selecting of routes to market must have a consequential effect on your competitiveness in the market you're sporting. As long as it makes you uncompetitive, don't just choose it. Don't just say, I want to go and put up a branch or a production um, center in Rwanda just because I'm exporting. No. What, what is the consequence of that decision on your competitiveness in the good or service you are rendering? If it makes it uncompetitive, choose another one. And so you look at these three, and it helps you to select now, after you've done the selection, then you select the method to move your goods or services, and you do that through how others are taken. How would others be taken? How are others taken currently as you are in Ghana? But we always have to pick a call and a phone and call you, and almost all the time, if ten and people are calling at the same even time no, answer on the no one answer if ten people are calling at the same time you I mean we can't get you and so if you can take a look at how orders are going to be taken, and if you can do deliberate scenarios of over and above a particular regular quantity, if the orders come through, and you'll turn around time in delivering them, and check. So let me, let me break it down. I have this product or this service. I have already determined the market. I've done everything. I've checked my trade orders. Then I just indicate maybe through the internet that when you order, it doesn't matter wherever you are in the world or on the continent. It will get to you maybe in 48 hours. You have to deliberately make scenarios of when a, a, a 10 orders come from different regions on the continent. 20 orders come from different regions. 100,000. Will the 10 around time being promised be the same or not? If it will not be the same, then you have to be deliberate about how you respond to orders. And that can work well for you if you are looking at how you are going to be delivering on the orders. railroad road, air, sea combination. You see, ra- rail, road, air, sea combination. I mean, for Africa, it will be a challenge. We are challenged with road. There is no way you can easily drive from Ghana to say um, South Africa. Even Nigeria is a problem.
2: It's actually dangerous as well.
1: You see? So um, I know I know, I know know of a client I consulted for lately who um, was a victim of the time when he got to the Nigerian border. And just about the time he got there, the border was closed. Yeah, there you go. And if your good is perishable or if your good has a certain um, seasonal, consequential effect, you'll probably lose out. And so choose the most efficient. And it can either be air, sea, probably, I mean, if it works for you, then I'm saying that whichever one you choose, you must always double-check its consequence on your competitiveness in terms of price, in terms of um, consequence, or um, in terms of price, in terms of quality, or any other thing. The one,
2: they, even in terms of a timeline, timelines. goods must arrive on time.
1: Excellent. So you can't promise 48 hours, and you notice that your channel of delivery is probably you don't have control over. You can't tell, but you promise 48 hours, you are not going to be competitive then from there you look at documentation that is where you have to work with um um the ghana export strategy document as i shared and work with in, in institutions like gepa and co so that they can help you beat that and then how payment will be done another big deal how would payment be done when i pay for your good or service how would payment be done i am i am paying in rent Your good is priced in USD. Mm -hmm. You are receiving it in Ghana cities. Mm -hmm. Is there a connecting platform you have tested that makes it seamless? So that if an order is coming in RAND, another is coming in Naira, another is coming in Quacha, another is coming in um, In even Euro, whatever, will you be able to deliver a platform that seamlessly make it work without bringing the burden of costs in payment? Mm. You have to check that. So that is very easy for you. So the moment I check, if it is $100 there, I pay in whichever currency, and it is the same, and you get to you in real time. Mm. I don't need to pay more for being in South Africa to order for same good. That is something you check. And so you check your payment system and how it's done. And you check when payment hits your bank account. Because sometimes as an MSME, it is one thing to see payment done. It's another thing to see payment reflecting on your bank orders. And so when you are getting into a payment um, platform or a technology company that is going to help you with payment, a fintech, you should make sure you check. One, the charges they are charging you, either it is resting on the customer who is paying or it is coming to your back end. You are paying for the customer. And if you are paying for the customer, what is the turnaround time for the day the customer paid and when you see it reflecting on your account? So that your ability to use the funds to procure and to do production and to pay your team and to do all the things you need to do is done and done well. And then goes delivery. That we've spoken extensively about that. And ultimately, when the customer has received them, that doesn't end the cycle of your export strategy. No, the work actually begins. The moment the customer now receives it and you get the receipt of payment, your after-sales support is one of the most important things you must show in your export process map. Why? Because the effort that takes you to win one customer... The cost of winning the first new customer, it is never the same if you are getting that customer to make a repeated buy. And so one of the critical things you do is to reduce the cost of sale or the cost of conversion, when you do after-sales support, to now even turn your customers into people who are now going to be selling for you in a referral system. Because when they recommend or make a referral, it looks almost as powerful and as certified. It's easier for some South African to buy from a brother South African who have already bought and used your product, than for you to now go and do an advert on a radio station to convince the one who has no experience with you. And so for for Ghanaian MSMEs, one of the critical problems we have is after sales support, it looks like after you have bought it, that is all. They don't have anything to do with you again. <laughs> the same way he was picking your calls when they wanted you to buy. The same way they were responding to your queries when you wanted to buy. They don't exist after you've bought. When you even ask questions, they think you are a difficult customer.
2: You know, it's it's interesting you mentioned that point because it's something that we may have to look at as a country, as a people, as businessmen or the entrepreneurs within this context. Because, you know, there's this usual parlance we talk about in the business arena that the cheapest way of advertising is by word of mouth. Right. But it's also the most detrimental. Because if, if you have a bad experience with any situation, you pass it on, and then the word gets out real quick. Mm. So it's absolutely important that we look at that aspect because I'm sure we can map it. If, there, was the, there was a conversation we had on mapping value in right. business right. too. If, if we do this particular thing, this after-sales service thing, well and properly... We may very well begin to have some gains, even in the cost of of, of raising new business. And like you said, we're going to get referrals. We're going to mm. get people coming through at minimal or at zero cost, mm. which is going to come with its own full merit right. of benefit. So I think it's absolutely important that, that you mention that. I know we're going to go on to the next point and get interactive. There's a question on my mind about the currency, which you talked about. But before okay. we do that, we'll just take this quick message. Masterclass today is also brought to us by First Code Management Services. They say industry gets it right. And so in these moments of increasing uncertainties, firms are compelled to seek tailor-made solutions to reduce risk and to grow their businesses. For startup investors, SMEs, and business owners, First Code Management Services provide advisory, facilitation, support for company formation and business setup, corporate secretarial and business compliance, accounting, research and market entry, training, and capacity building. First Code Management Services are your first point of call for all your management support services. Talk to us today or call us on 0302-297-2263 or 0302-297-2264. Locate us at 60A Westlands Boulevard, West Lagon, or visit us at www.firstcodelimited.com. Industry, they say, get it right. I hold on to that question on currency, and I'll, I'll probably make that my first question when we get interactive. But right. you were going to go on from there, and then I, I think that you'll bring your conversation to a close with the next slide. Right. So let's do that, and then we'll get interactive. So,
1: I mean, after sales support is done, then you have exhausted your export process map. And the last thing you have to do if you want to really leverage and boost your, your business in this continental free trade area um, environment. Is to dedicate a special strategy on your competitive opportunity. Mm. There is nothing you are doing that nobody's doing anywhere else. It may be direct or indirect. Mm. Mm. You, you shouldn't think that you are the only one selling that product because it is only in Ghana you have that raw material. There is an indirect
2: competing product
1: or service somewhere else. There's
2: still an alternative you're not aware of.
1: You are not. And so you can't just say that, oh. Kente is only in Ghana and so I'm the only one doing Kente and so when I take it to South Africa whatever it may it's no 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 deliberately have a competitive opportunity sometimes I deliberately think there is another person doing the same mm-hmm. there may even be a Ghanaian doing what you are doing there you'll be
2: surprised <laughs> there's this, there's this um, business joke that we talk about you know that people who are able to take an idea and replicate it so well that it looks just like the original sometimes and even so- more even better mm. you know so i mean the point you're making we cannot we cannot stress that point any any better than you're doing right. it's absolutely important do not think you're the only one doing it because mm. there probably are other people who are doing even better options yeah, yeah.
1: let me give just an example probably um, from the budget reading you notice that the government was looking at raising revenue from the banks profit before tax mm-hmm. over the weekend you notice on news file that the bankers association as the group in the bank came up to say that it is going to be a disincentive. Today, I noticed that one of the banks, some, are uh, even saying, no, 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 we, we are OK, we can take it.
2: <laughs>
1: so just to let you know that what you think is going to be easy for you, another person doesn't think that way, mm-hmm. and there, there is going to be a competing factor against you, so you must be deliberate. Now, in this instance, if you, the bank, say, I'm going to leverage that cost and pass it on to my service charges. Mm-hmm. Even before you start that, another competitor is saying, no, 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 I can absorb it, so it won't happen. So immediately you are at a disadvantage if you do the same. So that is how you must approach your export strategy. Ghana is not the only country that is going to leverage on AFTA, and it's not like we have any advantage because the office is here. Not really, not necessarily. There is another country that has thought about this five years ahead, and they have dashboarded their own strategy against AFTA, and they've gone ahead to make all their people aware, and they know what to do. So just having the office here and just deciding that I have a product that is in category one, two, or three in the Ghana SO Promotion Authority's export strategy plan doesn't give you any advantage at all behave as if you're in a disadvantage and take a critical look at your competitive opportunity so here look at your competitor strategies what are they doing how are they selling it how do they sell it what price are they selling it look at innovation and, and, and research and development look at your competitor's market perception what is the perception of the market on your competitor's product look at your competitor detection look at your competitor's profile look at their value proposition and look at what is costing them for them to deliver that and you strategize to slap yourself against all of that. If you do, you'll be on top, and you'll be able to leverage on this continental free trade area and make your business one of the
2: best. Thank you so much, Rich. so much information here. And there's just one thing I pick from this last thing you said on the competitive um, opportunity. Essentially, you can no longer continue to run your business with the same structure of governance that you have. If you did not have a research or consulting arm of your business... You need that now because who's going to do all the research? Let's say you want to go into Nigeria. Who's going to do the work and tell you what's going on in, in Nigeria? You either get the services of a consultant, and FLF does that, don't we? Do. So if people want to reach out to you after the show to help prepare their businesses, let's just quickly put out your contact again. Right. How so, do they reach you? Where do they find you? So
1: two things. First, go to YouTube, type Richmond Kwame Pond. You can pick up everything we have done in simple, short videos. Subscribe, and we'll reach out to you. Number two, you can call... 0544 200 500. 0544 200 500. And um, our, our call center guys, specialists, can pick up and support you.
2: That's an easy number to remember 200 500. We'll take a quick message from our sponsors and then we get interactive. We take a quick message right now. <music> On Air Business Development Program, Joy Business Masterclass is in session and you can interact with
1: us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 99.7 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 302 216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 0551-1119. And our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention, everyone.
2: Class is in progress. Welcome back. This is Masterclass. Going cashless has never been this convenient and exciting. Girls' e-payment systems are now compatible with the GHLink National Payment Platform. Now you can use your GHLink card on any of girls' POS machines to purchase fuel. GH Link Card offers additional payment options for fuel purchases at Goyle stations in addition to the Go Card. Every fuel purchased is recorded automatically on your monthly bank statement, helping cardholders track and manage their expenses. So go ahead and use your Goyle GH Link Card to buy fuel and all lubricants from any of Goyle's over 400 stations across Ghana. Go cashless and protect yourself and also stick to all the COVID-19 protocols in these times Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. First Code Management Services. And so, in these moments of increasing uncertainties, firms are compelled to seek tailor made solutions to reduce risk and to grow their businesses. For startup investors, SMEs, and business owners, First Code Management Services provide advisory facilitation support for company formation and business setup, for corporate secretarial and business compliance, for accounting. For research and market entry and for training and capacity building. First Code Management Services are your first point of call for management support services. Talk to us today or call us on 0302 297 2263 or 0302 297 2264. Locate us at 60A Westlands Boulevard, West Lagon or visit us on www.firstcodelimited.com. Industry, they say, get it. Right. We're interactive now. Phone lines are now open. Give us a call on 0302-216-541. Want to hear what you have to say. Want to hear your thoughts on what you've been able to gather so far on this conversation of the after and how you position yourself or your business to take advantage of it. That's 0302-216-541. You can also send us your comments on 55 That's 55 We're also streaming live on Facebook. So if you post your questions, our production crew will make sure we get your questions and address them. Numbers to call again, 302 So, Richmond, while we're waiting for our phone calls to come through, I have a quick question, and then um, we'll take a few calls, and then we'll try and do a quick summary. So you, you spoke about people positioning themselves in their businesses to be able to, for example, avoid exchange losses. And when you spoke, exchange losses is what came to my mind. So the order is made in currency one. Payment is made in currency two. And receiver receives it, you know, or uh, transacts in currency three. How will the work in the secretariat regarding currency affect local sovereignty where currency is involved and regulation? And how will all of this currency movements be done in a way that doesn't dissuade or demotivate the business owner so so that they don't lose? While answering that question, also juxtapose it for me with regulatory charges like VAT withholding tax and all of that, as it applies in other countries. And how all of that will play within the space. Just very briefly if you can.
1: Well, so first, the the Continental Free Trade Area is working on something to make that possible and easier. Um so that there's a platform. Is there, is there Yes, I
2: have a call thing? on that. Let's let's take that very quickly. Good afternoon, you're welcome to Masterclass. Your name where you're calling from? Good
1: afternoon,
0: my name is Marilyn and I'm calling from Tessano. Right, I'm a small company, and um, it's a service company. Great. Um, We are into conferences, seminars, exhibitions, and all of that. And obviously, the pandemic has really hit us. And um, these days, everybody is doing their conferences, exhibitions, and what have you, online. Mm. And this is very new to me. And um, I've been struggling with that whole online concept. You know, so I wanted to find out what Richmond can say or can advise and also get Richmond's um, number later. Thank you.
2: Right. Thank you so much, Marilyn. And please stay stay tuned. Richmond, we'll put out your number again, but we have another caller. Let's take that quickly that we can answer both questions. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Good
0: afternoon, boss. I hope you're
2: doing well. I'm doing well, my brother. How are you doing?
0: I'm very strong. Good, they good, good.
2: Tonight, Right. Talk to me, my brother.
0: Yeah, I think um, your guest has spoken a lot and um, I'll speak a lot of things today. Um, I want to suggest and also ask. My suggestion is, um, those uh, companies that would say that you deliver within 48 hours, I think uh, maybe at a point in time there might be some delays. So instead of giving visit statements that that 48 hours, they should add that. Depending on lo- your location, uh, they are going to deliver within 48 hours, but depending on your location. Secondly, um, he touched on the after delivery support. I think it's very much important, but in the case whereby um, the person is sending the item to fireplace, how do you support? Because when you are buying some gadgets like um, a DSTV or a multi TV, they- there are some people who are ready to go and fix it for you. But in case it is going far away, if you don't have the sensitive there, how do
1: you go about it? Thank you very much. And
2: that's a brilliant question. Thank you so much for giving us that call. Maybe we'll take those two questions and then uh, we'll wait for maybe one or two more calls.
1: You see, we are talking about competitiveness. Mm. And so you should be looking out for how you put yourself in an advantage position over your competitor. It is not even from Accra to Tamale. Now we are talking about from Accra to Jobek.
2: Or to Dakar.
1: So you, you can't give yourself excuses. As long as you are interested in the client who potentially can buy from you in Dhaka or in or maybe Durban, then you should be interested in putting together a solution that follows up on that client. Not just to fix problems, but even to leverage on that client as a sport to expand your demand side. Of business. Let me
2: just, uh, just add to what you're saying, and I think you said this before, so to directly answer my, my brother's question, just so we can take one or two more comments, collaboration is a key word. Collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. You cannot set up all your sales centers in every country, but you will find out that even the telcos do this. When you travel to another country where your telco is not present, and I don't want to mention names, you will see that as soon as you get out of the aircraft, it switches to another that's the collaboration I'm talking about. So where you cannot be present, find people who do similar things that you do. They are not only your competitors, they are also your partners. And I remember Richmond has mentioned this. You're not only competing against them, so you, you compete with them and you complete with them. So where you know they're in another country, I can't be there, so you'll be my partner. For every business that comes, there's X percentage that goes to you. So collaboration is the answer to that. Marilyn wanted you to come very quickly. On her... Um... Okay,
1: her industry, yes. I agree her industry has been affected. If she listened to us last week, that industry falls under the tourism sector. Mm. And so now she has some excesses or some stress in terms of the charges she has to pay on tax. Right. She can